I think what we're moving towards now is a move from that patchwork of, of standards and frameworks to one where you're now seeing more of a jigsaw, where you can see the different pieces and how they fit together. Bringing to light the latest hot topics in investor engagement and ESG disclosure, sustainability and impact, and brand and culture, this is the Luminous Spotlight Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Luminous' Spotlight Podcast. I'm Stephen Butler, Director of Investor Engagement and ESG Disclosure. And I'm Rachel Madden, Director of Sustainability and Impact. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Jonathan Labry, Chief Strategy Officer at the newly formed Value Reporting Foundation, which is made up of the International Integrated Reporting Council, or IRC, and the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, SASB. In this session, we want to explore what the Value Reporting Foundation means for corporate reporting and capital providers. Welcome to our Spotlight podcast, Jonathan. I'm sure it's been a, a busy few months, so congratulations on the merger. Could you please give us a brief overview of your role at the Value Reporting Foundation? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Stephen, and, and thank you, Rachel. So as well as working with the, the Chief Executive and the Board of the Value Reporting Foundation to develop our strategic goals and strategic plan. I also look after the global policy relationships for the Value Reporting Foundation. Uh, having come from the IIRC, the International Integrated Reporting Council, for nine years before the IRC's merger with SASB at the start of June. And in this role, we seek to ensure that uh, we respond to all the major international consultations, of which there are many in the corporate reporting space at the moment, and that the resources of integrated thinking, integrated reporting, and the SASB standards are understood by regulators, policymakers, so that when they make changes, they can signpost to those resources or include them in their market interventions. And our resources are now practiced by companies in around 70 markets globally, referenced in a number of corporate governance codes and other regulatory um, signals. And we're seeing increasing uh, support and rate and uh, interest from policymakers in the world today. Super, thank you very much, Jonathan. It's you know, a significant um, a standard. So, you, you as, as I mentioned, you are now one entity, uh, so the IRC and SASB combining. Could you give us a, a bit of an overview of the rationale for that merger and also perhaps a bit of clarity uh, around what the three areas that now make up the Value Reporting Foundation? Yes, both organisations have been around and operating for about the same length of time, which is about 10 years now. And SASB originated as a standard setter, which was concerned with providing industry-specific standards and metrics uh, across 77 different industries on sustainability matters. Whereas the IIRC, we were not a standard setter. We were very much a framework provider, and that, that framework was principles-based. And it was aimed at embedding integrated thinking as a corporate governance practice. And really the integrated report, which was the disclosure mechanism, was the outcome of that integrated thinking. And the integrated report, communication from a company's leadership, principally from its board and management, about how the business is creating value over time. Now, what we found was that the five sustainability dimensions, which were really the principles underpinning SASB, and the six capitals of integrated reporting that are included in the integrated reporting framework were highly complementary. And we were doing a lot of work together 
during the pandemic, in the early days of the pandemic in 2020, and found that there was a consistency between the way SASB thought about the long-term vision of corporate reporting and the IRC shared that vision. And so that shared understanding and the fact that really standards need a framework and a framework needs standards led us to explore the idea of the, the merger and coming together of a framework provider and a standard setter, I think makes sense from a market perspective because the market has been crying out for simplification and standardization. And that is what our merger, we hope, helps to achieve. We also hope that what we've created is a genuinely global body. As I said earlier, we're practicing in now in over 70 markets globally, and that is increasing. And we're focusing now not just on the quantity of reports and the number of countries that are adopting, but also the quality of uh, that corporate reporting. And we also believe that this will provide increased consistency and comparability on a global basis, because of course, capital markets operate across the, the, the world and they were, and the capital market providers, the investors in particular, really want standardization and a global baseline of standards so that they can compare between com companies in different markets and across different sectors. We also think that our merger achieves political strength in contributing and enabling us to contribute to the major global developments that are taking place in corporate reporting at the moment. And as we've seen in the last year, we've seen developments coming from the World Economic Forum, from the EU, uh, from the UK governments and, and regulators endorsement of TCFD and SASB standards. And of course, most recently with the Art Race Foundation's innovation in saying that they're going to establish the International Sustainability Standards Board. The merger offers greater simplicity in the market and an ability to scale up our resources and accelerate adoption. Stephen, you asked what are the three resources that we're promoting. They are the integrated thinking principles. So they're really the corporate governance underpinning of everything that we're about. And that is about ensuring that organizations are capable of breaking down internal silos, having a single strategy and business model, being able when they decide which metrics they're going to use to be able to cascade those KPIs through their organization so that there's a single line of sight management right the way through the organization. No more hidden uh, silos, no more ability to hide risk critically. And what we find is that in the marketplace in practice, companies that are adopting these sorts of practices are benefiting from a lower cost of capital. The investors have a greater sense of where the risks and opportunities lie within a business and can therefore price their, their risk accordingly. We're also continuing to promote the integrated reporting framework, which is a global framework, and we released the most recent version of that in January of this year, January 2021. And the third resource are the SASB standards, those industry-specific standards that I spoke about across those 77 industries. So they are the three principal resources. So Jonathan, it sounds like there is a lot of action this last year. Um, as you said, movement towards more integrated thinking, towards simplification. Um, we all saw the, the mergers and consolidation. Uh, and I think that in addition to the capital markets, the reporters themselves are really looking forward to that. And you uh, mentioned you know, some of the, the work towards harmonization. 
But I think one thing that's interesting is last year, the IIRC did publish along with SASB when you were separate, um, along with the Global Reporting Initiative, which is the GRI, along with CDP, and along with the Climate Disclosure Standards Board, a shared vision for more comprehensive corporate reporting. And I think one thing that's interesting is that some people have taken that to mean more mergers and consolidation might be on the way. And other people have taken that to think, no, this is actually just a, a movement towards harmonization amongst these standards. What, what's your view on the way that these things are going and how it's helpful for the, the companies that use these frameworks? So my perspective, Rachel, is that is that we're moving from a world over the last ten years when I've been involved in this in this world of corporate reporting, a world of innovation where we've had a lot of private sector voluntary framework providers and standard setters giving the appearance. We've actually worked been working together for most of that time, but actually I think to the outside world, it feels like a competing marketplace of different standards and, and framework providers. The one where there's now a world, as you say, of shared vision for what a successful end game in terms of corporate reporting and corporate disclosure looks like on a global basis and I think inevitably that leads to some organizational consolidation we've seen that through the merger between SASB and the IIRC but I think the biggest change that we're seeing is a change from corporate reporting being seen as a patchwork of different initiatives and standards and frameworks particularly in the sustainability space to one that is now being developed more as a system, more as a single system. So that really moving from a patchwork, more of a jigsaw. So a patchwork of, of quite uncoordinated and unstructured standards and frameworks, the one where there is now a coordinated structure. Now that doesn't necessarily mean either that there are gonna be more mergers and, and consolidation from an organizational perspective, nor, nor does it necessarily mean harmonization in the way that that is traditionally understood. But what it does mean, I think, is looking at the system of corporate reporting in a much more structured way so that preparers and users of information can see where one standard works interoperably with another standard. So where do SASB standards that are aimed principally providing information for providers of financial capital, how does that system of standards work, for example, with GRI standards, which are principally aimed at, at broader stakeholders, understanding the social and environmental impact of a business on the external environment, because, you know, what the, what the GRI standards will do is provide a very wide universe of information, and what the SASB standards are seeking to do is translate that universe of information into, into data that is useful today for providers of financial capital. So everything is connected. And I think what we're moving towards now is a move from that patchwork of, of standards and frameworks to one where you're now seeing more of a jigsaw, where you can see the different pieces and how they fit together. Definitely. I think I agree that all of those different standards look at the same universe of information, but each gives you a slightly different lens. And as we've spoken about, not only on this podcast, but on others. In, for some, you have a very strong investor lens. For others, you have a much more multi-stakeholder approach. And I think one of the areas where we have already seen that interoperability is around the evaluation of what are material issues. And I think that 
GRI takes one view and SASB standards take a different view, but we have talked about the usefulness of using both of those views in order to get a really robust picture of what indeed are the material issues, both from an outside in perspective, as well as an inside out. Jonathan, what's the, the specific view of, of the value reporting foundation on approaching materiality using this range of standards? One of the things that we did last year when we were all working so closely together uh, during the pandemic, uh, GRI, SASB, the CDP, CDSB and the IRC, it's that we actually did come to a common view on, on materiality because, you know, we're moving from a, wor a world really where there have been kind of two blocks of, of thinking. One is financial materiality in the sense of the looking just at the financial reporting standards. And clearly that provides even a limited range of information, certainly not all the material information that is relevant. And then you have the broad universe of, of, of information on societal and environmental matters, which again, don't always speak to the needs of the capital markets today in the here and now. Therefore, we came to the view that if you think of information and how what, what we regard as material changes according to the stakeholder and the different stakeholder needs, changes in regulation, but also if you imply the lens of a different disclosure horizon, so if you're looking today in the short term, medium term and the long term, what is material to you in making a judgment about an investment decision or where you're going to work or whatever capital allocation decision you're going to be making, it really does differ depending on the disclosure horizon that you're actually making that determination. And therefore, the concept of materiality in the real world is a dynamic process. You're moving in and out of these different blocks of information. And therefore, we needed something that reflected that dynamic materiality in, that nest, in a nested way. And so we've produced really a diagram that is, and I would encourage our, our listeners to, to go and have a look at the paper that we produced in, in September of last year, which really does help to explain the three dimensions of materiality, looking at the financial reporting standards, the broader sustainability standards, looking at the impact of, on the environment and on society, and then material information that's material to enterprise value really closing the gap between the book value of a company and the market value that we know is accounted for now by all the intangibles that businesses have to deal with every day and that capital markets price in order to come to a decision on how they're going to allocate their resources. So we're thinking of, of materiality now in this more dynamic way uh, and we think that that reflects how contemporary business actually think about these issues in the real world. Super. Thanks for that, John. That, that's incredibly useful. And we just touched on some interesting points there around, you know, some of the changes that we've seen in the marketplace. And, you know, I think some of this consolidation can only be a useful thing. But the landscape is still reasonably complex and things seem to be still materialising as we speak. So in the UK, where next year companies are going to be reporting in line with TCFD on a comply or explain basis. What other ESG developments do, do you anticipate in the market? Absolutely. And I think that the leadership that the UK is taking, particularly this year through its chairmanship of the, the G7, and if you looked at the financement, G7 finance minister's statement from um, early June, 
what you saw there was a commitment by the G7 to this global development in sustainability reporting that is now being led by the IFRS Foundation, which has decided that it will create an international sustainability standards board. The intention being to establish on a global basis a set of baseline sustainability standards for capital markets, relevant issues that are relevant to enterprise value. And what's interesting about that development is that it provides, we think, the same level of legitimacy potentially to use sustainability information that financial reporting has today. And that legitimacy, we believe, will be achieved through the endorsement of IOSCO, the International Organization of Securities Commission, which is preparing a lot of technical, how the standards that the IFRS Foundation is developing in this area can actually be translated by securities commission around the world. And that will effectively be the endorsement and implementation mechanism, these new international sustainability standards. Now, they're very, very clear, the IWSB and the, or which hasn't yet been formed, but the IFRS Foundation is very, very clear. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. What they're trying to do is build, as with the use of the prototype standard, build on existing practice, build on existing frameworks and standards. And that's why the Value Reporting Foundation is so keen. We are so involved with the IFRS Foundation in helping to design uh, this, new, this new system, which we think will have the credibility, authority and legitimacy on sustainability information the uh, IFRS standards on financial information have in the world today. Yeah, absolutely. I think having that decision useful information from a capital markets perspective, it will be incredibly, incredibly useful. And also that comparability within the market is something we've all said is missing for a long time. And it sounds like an evolution rather than a revolution, as you said, building on what's working in one area, trying to enhance the credibility, the comparability, the rigor of this. I mean, we have talked about a lot of different activities and changes that are happening in the market. For a company that's just getting started, maybe all they have is an annual report, they haven't really looked at ESG data yet, although hard-pressed to think of what company is not looking at ESG data yet, but let's say they are. They're just looking to get started. And Jonathan, where should a company start? Yes, well, the, first of all, I, I mean, there, there's, there's a kind of bookish way of doing it, which is to look at the, the websites and all the available resources, which all of our organizations, thankfully, are we are not-for-profit organizations, and therefore we release all of our technical information online, our standards, our frameworks are all there for companies to, to read and, understand and assess. I mean, it, particularly in respect of the integrated reporting framework, it's only about 40 pages, so that you're not talking about reading through treacle here. It really is a, a concise-based framework. That is one way to get started. The more interesting way to get started, though, is by really thinking and assessing do we practice integrated thinking currently in our organizations? Because that often reveals what the gap is that you need to close. And a way of doing that just internally would be to bring together the heads of your departments, so the heads of finance, the heads of HR, sustainability, internal audit, finance, et cetera, and ask everyone to write down on a piece of paper what the strategy of the business is or what the business model is. And what we find is that nine times out of 10, 
you'll get back if there are 10 people around that table you'll get back 10 different and business models because we live in, an, in a world of, of operational specialism where everyone you know you go to a particular department they've got their own strategy and they've got their own doing their own kpis that they that their director has developed that is very very disconnected from the board or the management and the management will often have spent quite a lot of money on strategy consultants they think that they've got a strategy that they're communicating and yet the company the business itself is not operating on the basis of that strategy. That is the first test. Are we practicing integrated thinking? And if you're not, put together a group in your business. You know, often it's headed by the CFO, somebody from the C-suite to give it authority, and bring together those different divisional heads. Use a consultant, uh, use someone from outside to come in and help you drive this process. Really work out what your business model is and what your strategy is as a complete management group and then try and cascade that through the organization. That's one way of doing it. The third way of doing it would be literally to outsource to a consultancy, a gap analysis. So what that, that consultancy would do is look at your existing report, look at the best practice, because we've got on our website, loads of companies now who are, who are really the leading companies in the world practicing this kind of reporting. And they will then prepare uh, a kind of gap analysis for you and a roadmap for over how two or three years, two or three reporting cycles, you can improve your reporting. So I think they're the three ways. There's the bookish way, there's the integrative thinking, very practical way, and then there's the kind of outsourcing way to do the, the gap analysis. But what I would say in conclusion is that change is coming. So I really, really would advise that we're moving away now from a world of voluntary. And we are, as Mark Carney, the former governor of the Bank of England says, we are on a road to mandatory in one way or another. So this is coming. Super, thank you very much, Jonathan, and, and I completely agree. There is no place to hide for companies anymore. And so they need to start their journey if they're not on it. And your website is a fantastic resource. We've been long proponents of integ the integrated reporting framework and have worked with many of our clients on, on adopting it. So I really want to thank you for your time uh, today, Jonathan, and thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. For more insights, visit our website at www.luminous.co.uk.